You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hey, Kent Hunter here, founder of Church Doctor Ministries with a kind of touchy subject, spiritual consumerism. Hang on, it's worth the effort. Hey, Mike, I said, gently grabbing his shoulder as we left church. How are you? I'm good, Mike replied. How you been? Yeah, I'm fine. Wasn't that a great message from Pastor John? Yeah, it was good, Mike paused. Uh, but you know that song at the end? It was too loud. And I wish... The worship wouldn't go so long. You know, church went ten minutes over. I like to go to the pancake place and and eat breakfast. But you have to beat the Baptists to breakfast. Now I'll probably have to wait in line. Consumer culture, that's what you call it. And that's what we fight every day. You know, my wife and I live on a tree farm in the country. It is also a certified wildlife habitat. So during the winter, we put food out in our backyard for the animals. The other day, we watched four deer eating the corn we spread out on the ground. And one of the deer was larger than the rest. It was interesting to watch as the big one would push the others away. I learned two lessons. Number one, there are bullies even among animals. And number two, deer are consumers just like people. You know, in truth, we consume to survive. Yet we human beings can manage consumerism. Then comes Jesus with a whole different culture of generosity. He says in Matthew 5, verse 40, And if anyone would sue you and take your coat, let him have your cloak as well. That's in the Revised Standard Version. In the Message Version of the Bible, that paragraph ends with the words, Live generously. (laughs) Yeah, that verse, Matthew chapter 5, verse 40, reflects the approach Jesus wants for his followers. It's about spiritual maturity. As kingdom people, we are not self-focused consumers, or not supposed to be. We live generously and graciously toward others. Why? Because that is the way God impacts us. The opposite of consumer mentality is grace. Jesus demonstrated the cost on the cross. He died for us so that we may live for him. How does that impact the commission Jesus declared? You know, he said, make disciples of others. What does that signal about the way you do church? If Jesus was your pastor... What would your congregation look like? Let's think about change. 
as a litmus test. What do you think it felt like for Jesus to move from heaven to earth? Change? <laughs> Big change. How did he handle the transfer, transformed lifestyles from being in a perfect environment at the right hand of his father to a baby with a messy diaper? Yeah, that's a lot of change. Is there a message there about your willingness to change, to do whatever it takes to reach your neighbor for eternity? How does that address the addiction to religious consumerism? What is the message for your church, for you, and for me? The drift toward Christian consumer is often the distinction between form and substance. As we church doctors consult congregations, we often see the tension between the good news about Jesus and the containers we use to share it. Jesus is God, and who he is and what he has done reflects the centerpiece and the power of Christianity. He changes the world, one person at a time. The containers, on the other hand, are the vehicles we use to carry the unchanging good news about Jesus. Vehicles reflect the reality of our changing world. Yet, it sometimes gets muddy when you are not clear about what are the vehicles and what reflects a non-negotiable biblical truth. For example, was the cross where Jesus died just a vehicle or a symbol that is absolute? Or is it both? What carries indisputable meaning? That Jesus died for you or that it had to be on a cross? Could he have suffered and died for you by a Roman spear? If it was a spear, is that what you would wear around your neck to send the message that Jesus died for you? If that makes you a bit uncomfortable, you're getting the idea of how form creeps toward substance. Here's a classic example that provides a sample litmus test. Does your church pray the Lord's Prayer in worship, or do you? If so, do you pray with the words, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done? You see, there are two sides to communication. There's the form, and then there's the substance, the meaning. You see, the substance... That meaning carries perhaps 90% of the content. However, the form leverages that 90% up to perhaps 70%. In other words, it can increase the understanding, the substance, or it can get in the way. For example, let's say you're lying in bed with your spouse and a romantic twinge occurs. So you lean over and say, Dear, I love thee. 
How would that work out for both of you? <laughs> Unchurched people who are receptive to God hear that and subconsciously a little roadblock becomes available to the enemy of Christ. Add that to ancient rituals, pews, obsolete dress codes, old-style worship songs, and to an unbeliever, it piles up a subconscious wall that whispers, Is this Jesus relevant? It occurs subconsciously for potential believers as well. Over time, it impacts many of the children who grow up in the church. They subconsciously drift from the faith of their childhood. How do I know that? Well, when we consult churches, we spend many hours interviewing a cross-section of the membership. It is common for us to be across the table from a couple who worship regularly and have adult children. Our routine questioning for couples like that goes something like this. Do you have children? And if they say yes, we ask, were they active in the church while growing up? And the response is usually, yeah, they were in Sunday school and youth group. The next question we ask, so are your adult children still around here? The answer most often is, no, they live far away. Next question is, are they active in a church? And the answer, about 85% of the time, no. And that response is frequently shared with tears. This is a big deal. What about the other 15% of adult children who are active in a church? When we ask for details, the parents usually respond, yeah, they married an active Christian, and that seemed to make a difference. And secondly, they go on to say, yeah, they go to one of those contemporary churches. Further investigation reflects that those churches are often non-denominational and use contemporary language and are located in a contemporary-looking facility. Here's the point. The medium does send a message. Now, the medium is not the message. The message must always sync up with biblical truth, which is often called doctrine. The substance is non-negotiable. You mess with that, your church goes out of business. Everybody loses. The form, however, is also important. Jesus came into this world looking like the people he was trying to reach. He spoke their language, he ate their food, he dressed like them. You see, God knows the importance of the medium, the context. Do you? Let's think a little bit about the consumer that is in all of us. In the New Testament, the scribes and the Pharisees reflect 
the frozen chosen of Jesus' time. Most of them couldn't connect with God's Son because he didn't fit their mold. They were religious consumers. They went to great political efforts to use the Romans to get rid of Jesus. There was a couple from the old school, however, who became notable exceptions. One of them was Nicodemus, and the other was Paul, the apostle. In today's institutions that train future missionaries, they teach the missionaries to speak the heart language of the people they will be trying to reach. So if you're a missionary called to Brazil, you don't require the people to learn English to hear about Jesus because their language is Portuguese, and so you use Portuguese. If your assignment is a missionary to South India, the language could be Telugu. If they are mission-minded pastors for most American churches, they would speak contemporary English, or in some cases it could be Spanish or some other language, depending on the community where they serve. Your heart language includes the message and the medium, the context, the way you deliver the message. You see, Jesus is after your heart, and your heart language is the language you dream in. It's not just what you say, but how you dress, the facilities where you meet, the instruments that you use. Everything speaks a message. The consumer mentality is in all of us. It's part of the way God created us. Yet, if we are consumed with Jesus and his mission to reach others, we will join one of our best missionary models, the Apostle Paul, who said, and I quote, I make myself everybody's slave in order to win as many people as possible. While working with the Jews, I live like a Jew in order to win them. In the same way, when working with Gentiles, I live like a Gentile. Among the weak in faith, I become weak like one of them in order to win them. So I become all things to all kinds of people that I may save some of them by whatever means possible. All this I do for the gospel's sake in order to share in its blessings. And that's from 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. Yeah, that's Paul, spoken like a missionary, not a consumer. You know, the bottom line is this. Are you willing to dismiss the old archaic containers about our living Lord in order to effectively reach those in your own social network with Jesus, the Jesus who never changes? Are you the missionary who will discard the warm and fuzzy containers the way we've always said it, that are subconscious roadblocks that make the King of Kings seem old foreign, out of date, and obsolete? It's a big deal. Will you let Jesus in you speak through you? You see, Jesus left heaven 
to bring you eternity. Will you discard the bushel basket of consumerism, as it's called in Matthew 5.15, that hides the light of Jesus? Or will you let your light shine so others experience the glory of God in Jesus? No one, including Jesus, said it would be comfortable. Since God is calling you to impact the eternal destiny of others, what will you do? Think about it. What Christian would ever want to disrupt the mission of Jesus? Not you and not your church. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.